Louisville has been lively lately. We just had bourbon and beyond. We got louder than life coming up. There's Startup Week, the Jug Band Jubilee, and nearby there's Kentucky Bourbon Fest and Gaslight Festival that just wrapped up. We're going to talk about, well, some of that and a little bit more. That's next on Access Louisville. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Allison Steins. Hello. Haley Cawthon. Hi there. And Michael L. Jones. How you doing? Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week we bring you the latest news, along with plenty of sharp opinions on what's going on here in Louisville, Kentucky, and the Louisville area. Uh, this week we're going to talk about all the things that is that are going on lately. Uh, so Bourbon and Beyond just wrapped up. Big, huge concert. And then Louder Than Life, which I would argue is bigger or the same size. Either way, it's very close. Uh, Allison, you did Bourbon and Beyond. You're getting ready to go to Louder Than Life. Yes. What are you looking forward to? Uh, what am I looking forward to for Louder Than Life is seen a lot of bands mm-hmm. I've never seen before, like Nine Inch Nails, mm-hmm. Kiss, Alice Cooper, Ministry, Allison Shanes. I've seen Red Hot Chili Peppers, but I'm very excited about that. Um, two, two, two notes on that. Okay. I've, I, I love the lineup of Louder Than Life, but man, I never liked Kiss. I don't understand the draw of Kiss because I know there's just some Kiss super fans out there. I think you were born too late. I guess. I, well, there's just like a campy quality to them, and I don't know. I guess I was born too late. I they think were that's that 70s show. Ruined Kiss for a lot of people. Yeah, I I remember my sister going to see a Kiss concert in the '70s, and I remember her shirt. And you know that, and you know she is a few years older than me. I'm very excited to see them, just because it's just uh, something to see. It is. It's a spectacle. Yeah. Yep. They had a few songs. Yep. You know, um, I when I was growing up, my sister is a little older than me. Uh, had a Kiss eight-track tape, and uh, I still remember like popping it in the eight-track player and, uh, <laughs> and having that one. If anyone remembers, it, yeah. do people who listen to podcasts remember eight-track tapes? Uh, anyway. Used to click between songs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We had a we had, we had a car with, or it was a truck that had an eight-track player. So uh, we we had a lot of eight-tracks when I was when I was young. But uh, anyway, uh, not not the greatest um, format for audio but they were there for a few years uh and then you just saw um uh bourbon and beyond you just wrapped that up you know there's a couple stories on our website uh, from allison and shay our editor about uh about who they saw but you know for people who didn't catch those who really surprised you in that lineup oh well brandy carlisle i had never i mean i've heard some of brandy's music but i would say that i'd I don't know any words, you know, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the concert was spectacular. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, it was so moving and I was with uh, my niece and she knew every word to every song <laughs> and I'm sitting there watching her being just so like, just so excited to yeah. be there. And uh, it was, it really was, it was moving. And of course, uh, being able to see Pearl Jam, I've never seen Pearl Jam, so that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And of course, Jason Isbell. Yeah. You know, Jason Isbell. You're a, you're a big Jason Isbell <laughs> fan. You've been to how many how many concert uh, a Jason Isbell concert? You probably think? ten. You know, I've <laughs> been to a Jason Isbell concert with Michael over yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> I live right across from Miracle <laughs> Amphitheater, so I, I get a lot of uh, extra tickets. Exactly. I bet I bet you can hear a lot from your house. Uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you've seen Jason Isbell. I mean, I'm a big fan of Jason Isbell too. I've seen him twice. I thought that was pretty cool, but you've seen him ten times, so that's uh, you got me beat. <laughs> you know, and I wasn't. I didn't start out as a fan. It was more of my husband and oldest daughter who were really into him, and mm-hmm. just going to concerts with them and meeting fans and the band. And I just think they. It just. It's. It's really a moving experience. Mm, definitely, definitely. And I can imagine Brandy Carlisle. Yeah, I, I'm not a super fan of hers, but she just has such great range that I imagine it would be oh, really great to it see was, her. It was so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, I, like, I'm kind of like you. I don't know a lot of a lot of the words. I know the songs, but, uh, but uh, yeah, I bet that was pretty cool. Now, Haley, who's over there working on her computer, um... You have been doing, we'll move on from music. We'll talk a little more business. You've been catching uh, a lot of the, the programming at Startup Week this week. So what's been the highlight of that for you? Well, I wouldn't say I've been catching a lot of it. You've been catching <laughs> okay. some, some of the programming. Yeah, um, <laughs> I would love to catch more, um, but I have a slightly different role of business first now. And so it's been a little been a little difficult to get over to the Henry Clay um, but what I have been able to see, I've really enjoyed. I've met some people um, from out of town there. Um, and so l- really looking forward to the rest of the programming today. Today is the final day. Um, but on Tuesday, I caught two sessions um, that I wrote about for KYNO. Um, one was Gil Holland on why producing a movie is like building a startup. And I thought that was a little odd, but I've always said that like, restaurants are like startups in a way um because mm-hmm. i used to be on both the restaurant and the startup beat at one point um so i always saw parallels there but he made it he made an excellent case for for why making a movie is very similar to growing a company um so that was an interesting one and then that evening the keynote speaker was tyler schultz who was the one of the whistleblowers at theranos mm-hmm. um he uh, is the grandson of a former secretary of state who was on the board of the company uh his grandfather introduced him to the founder elizabeth holmes Mm -hmm. and you know as the documentary hulu special every as everything goes right yes uh, there's a documentary on hbo there's a there's like a series series docuseries yes Um, as it's widely known, everything crashed and burned. So he told, um, audiences about his experiences and like, it was kind of traumatic, but like, it was a really kind of powerful story of like doing the right thing, even though like it could literally cost you everything, um, including, you know, your family ties and all of that. So, um, I thought that was kind of inspiring. So you can, if you missed it, you can read about it at kentuckyano.com little plug there <laughs> i uh i love stories like that like um that i actually haven't seen the document i, sh- I should watch both it's of called uh the the inventor out for blood and tyler is interviewed in that yeah, yeah. documentary i should see that um but uh, a lot of these stories like uh, you know the we work story the fire festival uh the, and then even fiction shows like uh, succession anything that has to do with like really gripping business drama i'm always into it uh, my favorite podcast is called american scandal 
and I just really love like these stories of just like businesses going bad and all this crazy shit happening. Um, can I tell you guys like a little tidbit that didn't make it into my story? Yes, like, and sorry for cussing just now. But <laughs> but go, go ahead. Um, an interesting little tidbit that he worked into his chat was, you know, this board, this Theranos board had all these powerful people on it, including Henry Kissin- Kissinger, um, who wrote a little limerick for Elizabeth Holmes, Schultz said, or Tyler Schultz said, um, and it said something along the lines of, you are not the next Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs was an earlier you. <laughs> Isn't that insane? Wow. <laughs> um yeah, so that was just a little tidbit that didn't make it into my story, but I thought it was just holy smokes, just really Henry Kissinger, yeah, with a sick burn, yeah, <laughs> against Steve Jobs, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, let's see here. So, Michael, you're uh, you're not just attending the Jug Band Jubilee that's going on. You're on the board of directors for the Jug yes, Band Jubilee. Uh, so since 2006. Oh, man, so you've been doing I've this been a while. Doing, yeah. <laughs> well, tell people who don't know what is the Jug Band Jubilee and uh, where can they check it out? All right. Well, you know, Jug Band music is like a pre-World War II uh, style of uh, jazz that uh, was popular here in Louisville, and we produced it to earliest bands to record. And so uh, since... 2004 we've uh, thrown this festival on the rivers a free all-day festival at the brown foreman uh amphitheater in waterfront park nice and uh and, and like you said it's free and it's uh and how, how many years has it been going on uh well this would be 18 but we haven't had the last two oh, years sure, because, sure, of, because COVID, of the pandemic so. yeah um well Looking forward to it. I, uh, I enjoy uh, both history and music, so uh, I think it'll be a, a, an interesting look at, you know, some of the, uh, you know, just kind of music from that era and, and yeah. kind of, I, I love that people are still keeping it alive today. <laughs> well, you know, we mix it up. We've started mixing it up, and a lot of the jug band purists have gotten angry Oh, really? At us. Yeah. But, like, a lot of the jug bands are, like, novelty bands, and yeah. we didn't want that. So we have people that are kind of play music of that era, but mm. they might not have a jug. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, our headliner is John Tavius uh, Willis, who's a Grammy-nominated bl- new blues artist. And uh, we have the MSG acoustic uh, trio. It's an African-American acoustic trio from New York. But we still, we got the Cincinnati Dancing Pigs, mm-hmm. the Juggernaut Jug Band. So, mm-hmm. and uh, we have a great band from New Orleans uh, called the Slick Skillet Serenaders. Mm-hmm. And they do jug band music and O jazz. And they're going to be at the Knock Bar on the Friday night before. So. Yeah. And those are just kind of some related shows that are going on. Too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's turned into a weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, usually I would do something on Friday nights, but I've been. And just so busy business first has been yeah we're keeping you <laughs> too me, busy keep me too busy yeah uh and then you literally wrote the book on uh, jug band music right yeah yeah i wrote a history of jug band music called louisville jug music for our 10th anniversary and you know we're two years away from our 20th so i uh we might have to like do a, a new version of it or something maybe you can get gil holland to make a movie <laughs> I saw his last movie actually at the speed. Yeah. Uh, Lisa Vincent was there, a publisher, yeah. and it was like a lot funnier. I w- went in not expecting much, 
And it was pretty funny. It was very meta. Yeah, you told me the plot. What was the plot again? Are are you allowed to say the plot? All these people from California come to Kentucky to make a movie on a farm, but all the actors use their real names. (laughs) So... Yeah, it, it sounds a, pretty meta. That's yeah. a, that's a good way to describe it. It's funny. After uh, Gil Holland's session at Startup Week, I, I was asking him a couple of extra questions afterwards, and like introduced myself as you know someone from Business First, and I was talking about you know some of our reporters. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I know Michael Jones." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I thought that was cool. I'm like, Michael's awesome. Yeah. Everyone knows it. <laughs> All right. Well, I uh, I love that there's so much going on in Louisville. Wish it could be like this all the time. I walked down 4th Street today uh, to get some lunch, and uh, you know, just very lively. A lot of uh, a lot of folks around town. It's good to see. So, um, with that, I will move on to another lively topic here. We'll talk restaurants because we always talk restaurants. That's what we do. Uh, but Goose Creek Diner is changing its name, and people are freaking out about it, aren't they? Yes, it's, it's <laughs> going crazy on Facebook. You know, usually when I post a story on Facebook, people are just complaining about the paywall. But <laughs> now there's all this Good debate because mm-hmm. they're moving to the old South's Pizza uh, place in uh, Linden Crossing um, Shopping Center. And uh, they're changing the name to the Goose, and it's going to be more like a neighborhood bar type mm-hmm. feel to it, um, because um, alcohol, I guess, is where it is. It's at where it's at with the, with the money. <laughs> I think yeah. you yeah. can't really make any money uh, do, doing just food. Mm-hmm. The um, and then you know you're in bourbon country, and that's what a lot of uh, people want. I, okay, I swear I went to Goose Creek Diner only once, I must confess, and they maybe had a, a cooler with some canned beer or something in it. It wasn't a full bar, that's for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and I think I had a beer while I was there, but uh, I knew that was going to be big because it's just one of them old East End restaurants. I don't know how long. Do you know how yeah. long it's been around? Uh, I think he's on the, the Chris Mike. He's on it like more than 12 years mm-hmm. so something like that and he wasn't the original owner right so, right he bought it yeah so uh, i i have no idea um i think i'm thinking he said something about 20 years yeah of it it's been around, around a long time mm-hmm. um and few so, restaurants last that long um so it's changed its name to the goose yeah because uh, he owns another uh place called gander so mm-hmm. he's gonna have the goose the and goose the and gander. gander it makes sense um but uh yeah, people want their Sunday brunch. They like they don't want anything to change there. And he had a plan to move into the same area. Mm-hmm. He was going to be in this, uh, the sh- same shopping center where he is. And that was all before COVID. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like everything else, uh, COVID yeah, changed his plans. And so... Um, he was able to work this out with Sal, and it was really hard for me because when I interviewed uh, uh, Scott Canfield from Sal's like a month ago, I knew about the Goose Creek thing, but the owner wanted to wait and stuff, and so that's yeah. one of the downsides of this business. It, it is, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, it is a downside because you want to like – wait until they're ready to talk about it but then when you know it's like ah, i want to report it so it is kind of it's one of those things you kind of have to balance because if you wait you get more information on it but uh 
but then sometimes if you if you wait, somebody else will get the story first, or 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 it'll just be all over Facebook like it was, and that yeah, yeah know, everybody knew about it. Worst kept secret. <laughs> yeah, it I was, was seeing it kept online. Secret. I keep calling them. Go, you know, we should we should do a story because. Uh, <laughs> it's all over in the Louisville takeout on and like <laughs> you had written the story about Sal's Pizza and then the comments were just you know all about Goose Creek moving there so um, all right so let's see here um, where are we at Ramsey's also closing in Norton Commons right yes um, Ramsey's and it was kind of abrupt it was like they put a sign on the door on the Friday. And, um, uh, like, people were just going there and, and saw it. And uh, I think we saw it on social media. But it's really hard to have a restaurant. Norton Commons, the, mm-hmm. you know, we've had several closures there. And um, I think people don't realize <laughs> that it's open to the public. You know, right. it's a community <laughs> Sort of like Nulu, like people would think right. about going to like restaurant I don't live in Nulu, in Nulu, but I would go to a yeah. restaurant in Nulu. Yeah, and people, um, I think the the public hasn't gotten an idea that it's not exclusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I I don't know. I mean, the thing is, Norton Commons pretty far away from where I live. Now, if I lived closer to there, surely I would go to restaurants in Norton Commons. Uh, you wouldn't. I, I, you live. I live on that side of town. I know. Anyway. I don't even live that far, but it, it isn't a place that I think. Oh, I'm going to go to, go to that Commons place. and yeah. uh, go eat. Yeah. Does Does anyone else feel like you'd have to dress nicer to go? <laughs> <laughs> like that's just kind of the general impression. Like all the houses are super nice, and like I don't know. I feel like I'm too country <laughs> to rule yeah. and that's the thing people live there they're not going to eat out every night so. yeah yeah sometimes you just want to yeah. eat at home but another restaurant closing story red top right yeah yeah um red top uh in shelby park um basically when i talked to the owner and this hasn't even come out yet because it's going to be in my column um he said he could either run the restaurant or he could do Louder Than Life. Oh. And so he chose to do Louder Than Life this weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's going to go back to having a food truck. And he's planning to get a second food truck. Mm-hmm. and uh, But he's going to keep the space. But he just thinks that... Um, you know, a hot dog restaurant isn't uh, a good fit for what Shelby uh, Park is becoming because you have Logan's Market, you have Square Cut, and it's kind of a little more elevated. I was going to say, Square it. Cut's kind of high <laughs> end. And uh, yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know where a hot, where, what neighborhood would a hot dog <laughs> restaurant fit in? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I would. I would. I would not want to say because then somebody would take that as an insult. But uh, uh, you know, the Highlands used to have a, a hot dog restaurant right there where uh, that coffee shop. Uh, what's that? What's the coffee shop that you just wrote about? Uh, they were from Yemen. Something like That's that. Haraz. Haraz. Yeah. You go. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Haraz, uh, you, there used to be a hot dog stand there, but I can't, you know, I can't yeah. imagine. Um, and then there's like a fancier hot dog place on the East end. What's that hot dog place out by the summit? Maybe. Hmm. I have no, you clue. don't know. 
There's a Nathan's Hot Dogs at the outlet shops. Oh, really? <laughs> That's yeah. a chain. Like yes, yeah, it's a big one everywhere. Yeah. So I usually just go to Costco. <laughs> I just make my <laughs> yeah. hot dogs at home. I don't go to a restaurant for hot dogs. Microwaved hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> but red tr- red top. To that point, I talked to the owner at Forecast Festival. He's like a big festival vendor. And he was selling like these gourmet hot dogs for thirteen, fourteen dollars a dog. Um, and he told me he had sold like fifteen hundred dogs. So I just did the math on my phone calculator just for funsies to see how much he made in like a twenty four hour festival period. It was like twenty one thousand dollars. And that's probably what they would make in a month and yeah. or two months at a restaurant. Well, like, yeah, I mean that's mm-hmm. just might as well. Do volume what, yeah yeah <laughs> you might as well just do what uh like what a, works best so. yeah short spurts couple hot dog restaurants yeah. and he was having staffing issues too yeah. so i think he said he had eight employees and i bet if you you know if you you're at a festival you have fewer staffing issues because yeah. you could probably be like you can work for me and then you can just yeah. hang out and go watch the festival or yeah. whatever so i bet you can get Okay, the restaurant I was thinking of in Middletown is Double Dogs. Ooh, okay. and there was one in downtown yeah. Jeff as well. I uh, can't find it, but I think it's shut down. Probably. That's my dog. That's my dog. That's oh, that's called. my dog, yeah. yeah. That's my dog closed. Uh, that's That was by the Big Four Bridge. Now it's a sangria bar, um, for those who weren't aware. Oh. Um, but speaking of booze, um, David, I'm going to flip... How the you turn the script? Yeah, how the turntables have turned. I'm going to ask you a question. Yes. Um. So you went down to Bardstown to get an update on the Kentucky Owl Park project. So yes. Let us know what's going on there. Yeah, that's where I was last Thursday. Uh, Laurel was filling in for me. Uh, and then Laurel couldn't make it today, so I'm filling in for her on the editing recording <laughs> side. So, uh, but yeah, I was down in Bardstown for the. This is going to be a really cool project. Is that initially estimated at $150 million bourbon distillery and destination. Um, and it's going to be built on 420 acres of land down in Bardstown, kind of near downtown. Um, and it's, you know, they announced it in 2017. It's taken, you know, what is it? It's five years later. It's still not open. So I think there was kind of this, hey, is this thing going to happen? But, uh, you know, they, they, they still are, are bullish on it. They said the costs have gone up. That 150 doesn't apply anymore. Uh, they don't know how much it costs, but they said if it costs double, we'll pay double because we want to build this. Uh, by the way, that project is owned by uh, Stoli. If you know, if you've heard of Stoli Vodka, uh, you know, so it's a big company that's behind that project. So they have they have the money to uh, to back it up. It sounds like. Uh, and interesting, if you if you follow the bourbon industry, the guy who started Bardstown Bourbon Company, David Mandel, who is a you know I always like to give him a shout out because his name sounds like mine, but uh, he uh, he is also has been leading this project and kind of got it's I don't want to say he got it back on the rails, but it sounds like a lot happened under his tenure to kind of get its development started. So you know they finally are starting on it, and I think that uh, that will. Uh, th- when that destination opens, if it opens, um, that uh, will will definitely be a destination for for bourbon fans. One quick follow up question, also off script, just for the general consensus of the room, because I watch our Facebook page and get to see all the lovely comments there. Oh, they're so nice on <laughs> yes, Facebook. Yes, they are very nice. Um, but we used to get this a lot with like new taco restaurants or even new like uh, seafood spots or pizza spots. They're like, oh, great. Like another taco another place. Taco but place. now they're like, 
oh great another distillery project i didn't realize that like people were tired of seeing distillery news i thought we were all like yay bourbon but yeah. apparently like people are oversaturated i think that, some so. people were like you know you could give them a glass of water on a hot day and they'd be like oh great another glass of water <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh, so sunny the, day <laughs> <laughs> oh great you know it's like that you know what it is it's that uh scene in uh Shawshank Redemption where the guy is they're on the roof they're tar tar in the roof and the guy's complaining that he's gotten a bonus and now the government's gonna uh tax him for getting yeah. a bonus. and I'm like why is this guy mad he's getting a bonus so uh but uh yeah there are people like that get on Facebook and say something nice if you're uh if you're a listener like just just get in the comment section and even say if it's just nice. for my benefit yeah just yeah. be just like cheer Haley up. yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's see. And I'm glad uh, Haley has to step out, and she knows the answer to this question. I'm going to answer. I'm going to ask you guys now, and hopefully you don't. It'll be a fun. It'll be a fun thing. Um, and and Haley would have known the answer, so that way you know she can't give it away. You can't look at her to cheat. Do you guys know? Speaking of restaurant news, how much they're listing the Claudia Sanders Dinner House for in Shelbyville? I'm going to make uh, you guess. How know. much would you pay for the Claudia Sanders dinner house in Shelbyville? Mm. I'll say $280,000. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Look at you. Uh, Big spender. Hmm. $3 million. $3 million? Allison's closer. Ah. They're listing it for $9 million. Oh. Oh. Michael's you know. trying to lowball them. <laughs> I, I saw the headline, and I didn't actually read yeah, the story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we tend to. You know, to, we uh, have like other work to do. I know, than, I know. Like, then read then all read the stories. No, I know, know. <laughs> I know. I and and then you had to come on on this show and I uh, usually goof look, I usually for, read at night. I'll go back and I'll read our stories at night. Mm. I thought it was interesting. It's it's not a, just a restaurant. It's a restaurant and a surrounding house that you could you could take and make it into a uh, uh, a, a B and B or you know mm-hmm. an Airbnb or whatever, or you can make it into like a resort if you're really into uh, Colonel Sanders. Uh, I think that could be something. Uh, Claudia Sanders Dinner House was started by Colonel Sanders' wife. It's in uh, Shelbyville, or at least in Shelby County, uh, and uh, it's been on the market for a couple of months. And we just got the list price to well, it was yesterday. Ellie Tolbert, who's usually on our show, uh, she uh, she's out traveling this week, but uh, she had the story about the nine million dollar asking price. So. She's sunning herself in Florida. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so GLI picks a destination every year to go learn about economic development, and this this year they uh, they picked Jacksonville, Florida, uh, which is apparently having a growth spurt, and uh, Ellie is along uh, just to see what see what all they're learning down there. We're gonna have her on. Hopefully next week and she can tell us uh, a little bit about that. So, uh, But that is all we have for this week's show. Before we go, let's go around the room here. You guys can share your social media handles. Uh, Allison, I'm sure you'll have plenty of uh, Louder Than Life news this weekend. Uh, where can people find you on uh, social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Allison, or, of course, on LinkedIn at Allison Steins. All right. Michael, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at BFLewMichael, and I'm on LinkedIn under Michael Jones. All right. I think 
Haley is probably on Twitter at BFLewHaley and mm-hmm. definitely on LinkedIn at Haley Cawthon. And you can find me on Twitter at DMan3001 or on LinkedIn at my real name, David A. Mann. Uh, that's all we have for this week's show. Thank you very much. If you like what you hear, uh, you can check us out on popular podcast services, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. Appreciate you guys listening at home. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Allison. And thank you, Haley. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.